Welcome to This Week in Water for April 13th, 2014. I'm Franny Halprin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And here are some of the stories from this week's news. Ten rivers have been designated as endangered by American Rivers, a nonprofit conservation organization. The most endangered river this year is the San Joaquin in California. The San Joaquin is Central California's largest river, and it supports communities, provides habitat for endangered fish and wildlife, and provides water for one of the most productive agricultural regions in the world. However, the river is now running completely dry in stretches and leaves communities vulnerable in the face of more frequent and severe droughts. According to American Rivers, the second most endangered river is the Upper Colorado and its tributaries. Last year, the entire Colorado River was designated as endangered, and this year the focus is on the river's northern part. The Upper Colorado River Basin includes the main stem of the Colorado River and Headwaters Rivers such as the Fraser, Eagle, Roaring Fork, Blue, Yampa, White, and Gunnison. This designation of the Upper Colorado River as endangered comes as state and local planners are putting together a Colorado water plan that will address water supplies and demands. The dams and diversions that supply water to the front range of Colorado degrade the environment and harm river recreation, according to American Rivers. The report states that the Colorado planners must avoid new diversions so as not to harm the upper Colorado system and the communities that depend on them. Other endangered rivers include the Middle Mississippi, the Gila in New Mexico, and San Francisquito Creek in California. You can find the full report at AmericanRivers.org. There was much buzz in meteorological circles this week. On Thursday, NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, increased the likelihood of El Nino conditions to 66% by November. That's up from 52% last month. During El Nino events, surface water temperatures in the Pacific near the equator are warmer than normal and can have a potent effect on weather around the globe. In El Nino conditions, the jet stream usually dips south over North America, steering storms to the California coast and across the southern U.S., while La Nina is associated with drier conditions, especially in the southwest. Since spring of 2012, the waters haven't warmed enough to create an El Nino nor have they cooled enough to form a La Nina. Instead, it has lingered in a neutral place many experts call La Nada. NOAA's outlook suggests the developing El Nino has potential to be a strong one, but scientists caution that the devil is in the details. A potent El Nino in the winter of 97-98 doubled rainfall in Southern California, but strong El Ninos in 1965-66 and 1991-92, resulted in below-normal rainfall. Another possible consequence of El Nino is the likelihood of hotter temperatures globally and the potential for billions of dollars in losses for food crops. Time will tell if the forecasts pan out and if this El Nino will be the hoped-for drought buster or a feared sizzler or both. So, as they probably don't say in scientific circles, it may be hell and high water.
The Fish and Wildlife Service is proposing to designate the yellow-billed cuckoo as threatened under the Endangered Species Act in almost the entire western U.S. The survival of the cuckoo is threatened by dams and other development that has destroyed 90% of its habitat all over the west, including Colorado, Arizona, and California. You might never have seen one of these birds. Yellow-billed cuckoos are slender, long-tailed birds that manage to stay well hidden in trees. They usually sit completely still as they hunt for large caterpillars. In much of the West, the yellow-billed cuckoo's riparian habitat has been converted to farmland. In those places, the cuckoo needs cottonwood trees to survive. Tamed rivers have invasive trees such as tamarisks and Russian olives, where cottonwoods once thrived. Federal biologists say bringing back cuckoos will require taking advantage of natural floods where appropriate to restore their cottonwood habitat. Residents in the Chinese city of Lanzhou rushed to buy bottled water on Friday after authorities said the cancer-inducing chemical benzene had been found in tap water at 20 times the amount considered safe. Television images showed long lines at supermarkets and people lined up at water trucks carrying kettles and buckets. Investigators blamed an oil leak from a subsidiary of the China National Petroleum Corporation for the contamination. As of Saturday, officials said water quality in the city was returning to normal as the water provider worked to flush out the pollutant. Even by China's environmental standards, the city of Lanzhou is known as one of the most polluted. Benzene is widely used there in the production of plastics and other materials. The quality and safety of drinking water in both urban and rural areas is a concern in China, especially in rural areas where well water contaminated by industry and agriculture has given rise to cancer villages where illness rates soar above national averages. The Chinese public, especially the increasing vocal urban middle class, is demanding better protection of the nation's natural resources. This could be a daunting challenge for China as the country's economy is highly dependent on manufacturing and heavy industry. A report in the Texas Tribune last week described how four people from the Texas Water Development Board are going through oil and gas drilling records looking for water. The records exist at the University of Texas at Austin and contain decades of data including information that can lead researchers to determine what rock formations hold water and its quality. This information is critical as most of Texas is facing drought conditions. Researchers have already concluded that the Pecos Valley Aquifer in West Texas holds about 5 trillion gallons of fresh water and another 27 trillion gallons of brackish water. Finding water in these rock formations could certainly offer some hope to parched Texas agriculture and communities, but the water would still have to be desalinated, which is an expensive and energy-consuming process. Meanwhile, in California, farmers are also turning to groundwater to solve the drought crisis. Drill, baby, drill is the cry of some, as the number of well permits in various regions has doubled between 2011 to 2013. 
Farmers are still getting little or no water from the usual surface sources. But the use of underground sources of water has its consequences. As Tom Philpott at Mother Jones has reported before, a huge area of California's Central Valley has been sinking by an average of 11 inches a year. Sinking like this damages roads, railroads, bridges, pipelines, and irrigation canals, which are precisely set to ensure flows based upon gravity. And finally, we bring you news from Karachi, Pakistan, a city of more than 20 million people where they have a serious problem. Only 10% of the residents pay their water bill. So in what seems like maybe a drastic measure to get its predominantly Muslim customers to pay up, the Karachi Water and Sewerage Board is playing the religion card. Text messages ask customers, quote, Have you ever wondered if you've paid for the water you are using to perform wudu? Wudu is the washing Muslims do before praying five times a day. That's a lot of water, and for the water board, they hope a whole lot of guilt. That text message is one of 200,000 the water board sent in an experiment that began in January. Not all of the messages have moral undertones. Some merely remind customers of bill due dates, offer tips on water conservation, or alert them about supply disruptions something that happens on a regular basis in Karachi, which has an aging and inadequate infrastructure. In addition to degrading pipes, massive water shortages are common, especially in the hot summer months. Also, tanker trucks controlled by mafia gangs illegally pump water out of hydrants and sell it to desperate customers at inflated rates. The city doesn't use water meters because there's no money to pay for them, and the power supply isn't consistent enough to run them anyway. Add to that gang activity in many neighborhoods where entire sections of the cities are off-limits to board employees who would be risking their lives to go there. For Karachi Water and Sewage, texting is a welcome alternative. So far, 500 customers have sent replies. Most were complaints. However, a few customers responded with appreciation. One customer said, Jazakallah, an Islamic expression of gratitude when someone does a good deed. To that we say, Jazakallah to you for listening, and we'll see you next week. This Week in Water is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise, whose mission is to promote the efficient use of Colorado's water. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.